Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to attempt number 3,422 to record this episode of That's What She Said. This one is called Joy Is Not Cancelled and it's definitely not. Like even when spiders just fall from the trees onto your laptop and send you screaming indoors. (laughs) Not that that happened to me recently. (laughs) So before we dive in, I wanted to say that uh, I am officially... Uh, open for taking on more business coaching clients. And if some part of you is like, why, how, why would I ever, now is not the right time. I, um, I totally get it. And also uh, in a time of increased uncertainty, craziness, pandemic wildness, and all of the unknowns, um, I find it hard to argue against getting more support for yourself. So more support looks like someone to hold you accountable, someone to ask you to ask for help, someone to help you hide less, someone to help you curb your perfectionism and actually do your work in the world. That's what I do. And I do it for a year because that means that we have a relationship over time. I am not Ms. One and Done. I am not Ms. Take Your Money and Goodbye. Um, we build a relationship. That's what coaching is. So if you need help making sure that your business is still going to be a business in a year or two, now's the time. Just reach out and email me, k at kristenkelp.com, and we will make the magic happen. Uh, I'll send you a brochure. I will send you a link so that you can talk to me um, privately via phone if that's interesting to you, and we will make the magic happen. Okay, so k at kristenkelp.com, if you need a business coach, if you need a coach in general, if you're like, how the fuck am I going to do this 2020 thing alone? The answer is maybe don't do it alone because that's impossible. (laughs) So this episode is called Joy is Not Cancelled. Have you ever had something that happened a long time ago bother the shit out of you and you couldn't figure out why? Like, what is wrong with you? You should be over this by now. Um, Because I have that thing and I'm going to share it and I want to talk about my particulars and see if there isn't a universal truth hidden in there because I think there is. Um, This came up for me recently and I will bet that you have learned a similar lesson in your life and unfortunately it's a really shitty lesson so let's undo it. The setting is 1989 Donegal Elementary School. I am in the third grade and I've got to go to class with Mrs. Spiso. 
Mrs. fucking Spiso. Picture a shrill white woman composed entirely of sharp angles with half-moon reading glasses perched on her nose. And not the, like, the Dumbledore kind that make you look smart and, and wise and shit. Just the kind that are, like, intimidating and project hatred upon you as she glares over them. I need you to add a strong dislike for children and too many years working in the Mount Pleasant area school district. Now, give her the gifted students. Surely they will be easier to handle because they are smart. Surely they will keep her from screaming at all hours of the school day. You would be wrong. Our story proceeds. (laughs) I am eight years old and we're having class in the art room. I don't remember what Mrs. Spisa was talking about because we are in the art room. The home of infinite messes, the sweet hum of scissors slicing construction paper, and those ginormous tubs of paste worthy of quietly huffing when no one is looking, placed in pairs on each table. I fucking love the art room. Uh, We're working on some project or another, and I realize the room is hot, like really hot. The floor tiles look nice and cool, so I lie down on them. I remember feeling the floor underneath my body, all refreshing and shiny and soothing. So like little me is all happy and just... (sighs) All of a sudden, Mrs. Spiso screeches a flaming surge of words. They are something like... I don't remember what exactly, but it's something like, we do not lie on the floor. We do not act like that ever for any reason. We are not animals. But it's not that brief. It's a screaming. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, I take my place on the art stool and sit down, never to lie on the floor in school again. I've carried that story around for years, always wondering why it hurt me so much. It was only being yelled at, right? Like, get a freaking grip. It's not a big deal. Um, In the larger larger arc of my life, though, um, some different things happened than I think Mrs. Spiso intended. Because eight-year-old me got the message that joy is canceled. Because joy lives in the body, and I abandoned my body that day. Think about it. Remember a moment of joy you've held on to in which you weren't in your body. Like your favorite experiences of life, but you were not in your body. It's impossible because joy lives in the body. Laughter lives in the body, as do orgasms, singing, dancing, and eating. That sunset you watched and loved. Those evenings with that person you love. The moments when you have laughed despite yourself. These might be the best ones when you're in school, when you're at church, when, you, when it was otherwise just wildly inappropriate to be laughing. So when we are chased out of the body, we lose most of our access to joy. We are taught to leave the body at such a young age that we might not even remember losing our ties to what the body wants. People say, you can't do something just because it feels good. You can't trust your body to want any of the things it wants, especially something as subversive and shocking as lying on the floor. In other words, joy is canceled. We don't mean to provide that message, but it's true. Joy is canceled uh, because we can only access it through the body. In pictures after this time, you can see my body expanding from year to year. Expanding is the nice word here. I thought that I was always fat as a kid. And the truth is, you can see I have these little skinny little chicken legs. And I'm a, I'm a sort of tiny creature until right around age eight. I ate more and more ice cream because that was a socially sanctioned way 
for me to enjoy life and be in my body. At the same time, I stopped trying to run around and do bodily things because the body can't be trusted. Got that message loud and clear. And doing something because it feels good or it might be pleasurable, not okay ever. That's the message that I got. Only joy is not canceled ever for any reason. As unrest and bullshit and corporate thieving and intersecting systems of oppression make themselves more clearly pronounced around the globe, you might get the message that joy is canceled. That somehow you personally deciding to give up your joy, hope, and general enjoyment of life will make life for someone else better. That you don't deserve access to any contentment whatsoever when there's so much suffering in the world. Or you might fully disassociate from your body because this world we're living in is too much. Surely there's something you can do, and if giving up feeling pleasure for life will help, then you'll give it a try? Please don't. Or you might have already done this. It might not be a new thing. It might just be a furthering of that same thing. Canceling joy is dangerous. We humans have four base emotions, fear, anger, sadness, and joy. Given enough joy stifling, we can easily reach a place in which we experience only fear, anger, and sadness because we cut out joy. That's a brutal existence. Refusing to feel the best of life does not save you from the worst of life. Waiting for the other shoe to drop doesn't stop it from dropping. No matter where or how you're working to make change in your life, your community, your nation, and on this planet, joy is not canceled. Your brain will say that you can't possibly feel good things after reading the news. And there are lots and lots of shitty things to feel at this moment. That's true. You don't need me to list the unprecedented levels of bullshit we humans are facing at this particular moment in time. There is so much to do to protest, to burn down, to fix, to change, and to reimagine. But life without joy in which you tamp down, try to control, or even eliminate your own joy for the supposed sake of others, hurts your soul. When you cancel joy, you are actively creating a future without joy in it for you and for everyone you meet. And in case you're like, that's not even true. It is true. When you cancel your own joy, you're actively creating a future without joy in it for you and for everyone you meet. If you have children, you are canceling your joy, also cancels some of their joy. If you have a partner or partners, canceling your joy part kills some of their joy, right? Um, this is not a small thing. When you deny yourself the pleasure of experience, experiencing life's good things, including rest, you have less juice for handling the bad stuff. When you refuse to feel the sun on your face or to notice that baby giggling over there, you're creating a future for yourself without joy in it. When you don't play along with the dogs running after balls or the kids running after ice cream trucks, you suffer. The world has enough suffering. Voluntary suffering in the form of foregoing joy does not and will not serve anyone ever. Again, this does not mean there aren't hard things happening. There's no denial here. It doesn't mean there's not bullshit going on. It doesn't mean we don't keep signing and protesting and donating and fundraising and speaking up. It doesn't in any way negate the fear, anger, and sadness of the human race. It's just that the only emotion worth having at its base, there's fear, sang- fear anger, sadness, and joy. Feeling joy in our bodies means we fuel ourselves with good shit so that we can better handle the bullshit. 
when you take the time to fill up on the simple pleasures of being alive, you become stronger in the face of uncertainty, more likely to take actions that uphold positive change, and more open to the experience of life itself. Refusing to cancel joy makes you more resilient over time. And I would say far more resilient over time because you're willing to feel your feelings and joy is a vulnerable feeling. So if there was a Mrs. Spiso in your life who made you shut down joy in any form, intentionally or not, I don't think she yelled joy is canceled. That, <laughs> that was just the message I took. You can reclaim that right now. So a couple of questions, and these might be painful or they might be like, oh shit, I can just, yeah, that's not mine. There are a bunch of beliefs within you that are not yours about joy, and I want to find a few of them. So if you want to grab a pen and paper, grab a pen and paper. If you want to scribble, I encourage you to scribble because this is important shit. Where did you lose joy and how can we reclaim it? Over the years, which people or institutions have encouraged you to cancel joy? And oddly enough, these are not the traditional systems of oppression. This is not like white supremacy needs to cancel joy. White supremacy is all about power. It doesn't give a fuck about joy. These are probably going to be people that you know. These are probably going to be people, regardless of your race, um, that you trusted at some point. So if you are black or brown, of course you don't trust white supremacy. But this message still can get in. Because others can teach you to cancel joy, people or institutions. It might be that feeling joy is not safe, feeling joy is too vulnerable, feeling joy is just going to freak you out, feeling joy sort of cancels um, the point of what's trying to go on. Like in church, you just sit still and shut the fuck up. Um, I guarantee that there are people and institutions that have encouraged you to cancel joy. This includes restricting seemingly unrelated things like your movements and eating habits um, because those, those keep you from being in the body. When we restrict movements and eating habits, we are abandoning the body and joy lives in the body. Who has tried to stop you from singing, dancing, or speaking, whether publicly or privately? And again, singing, dancing, and speaking that influence is going to come from a bunch of people and institutions. But who have you listened to that were like, singing is bad, or I can't sing, or singing is not for me. It's for people that are really talented. Dancing's not for me. Speaking or speaking up is not for me. You got that message somewhere. We live in a patriarchal, white supremacist, capitalist bullshit culture. So somewhere along the line, someone taught you that singing, dancing, or speaking is going to be a problem, and you need to knock that shit off. They are canceling your joy when they do that. So who taught you that? Write that shit down. This is, this is fodder for therapy. <laughs> who taught you that the body can't be trusted for the fulfillment of even its most innocent desires, like lying on the floor when it's too hot? You'll notice that I'm not giving examples that cost money because joy, joy doesn't cost money. Joy is singing. Joy is dancing. Joy is uh, speaking. Joy is wiggling your body. Joy is eating food. Joy is the sun on your face. Joy is so often something that cannot be denied to people. So it's something that has to be policed actively. Which people or societal systems, they're probably all bullshit, um, discouraged you from resting or from enjoying the fruits of your labor. So who taught you that resting was bad? Because rest is also joy that lives in the body. 
And who taught you that enjoying the fruits of your labor is bad? So we, we work and then we have a weekend. And even if your weekend is not Saturday, Sunday, you have a day off. That's enjoying the fruits of your labor. Who discouraged you from enjoying the fruits of your labor? And there might be lots of people, lots of systems. The question is less blaming and more, who did you choose to believe? Like who got the message in that resting is wrong, enjoying the fruits of your labor is wrong, having a weekend is wrong? Because those people, we need to listen to those people less, whomever they are. And finally, who taught you a productivity above all else mentality? It does some really common things. It makes you try to earn joy. Like you don't deserve joy. You have to earn it. And I'm pausing because like the first answer that comes to mind is the correct one. Write that shit down. Who taught you to push pleasure until later? Never, ever now. Joy is never for now. Pleasure is never for now. Pleasure is for later. Joy is for later. Enjoyment is for later. Singing is for later. Dancing is for later. Lying down is for later. Never now. Who taught you, who pushed you out of the now in order to keep you from pleasure? And if you're still following this person, unfollow, unsubscribe, ignore right off, do whatever you have to do to protect your being from these people who have taught you that pleasure is is a delayed response. It's not something that you should have access to now ever for any reason. And if you're like, holy shit, how do I even begin to start? Um, I would begin with Adrienne Marie Brown's uh, pleasure activism, which is um, the, the central concept, which I thought was bullshit until I didn't is to make activism so pleasurable that it's the best thing that happens in your life. And I was like, this is bullshit. I don't even see how this is possible. And then I started volunteering at the library and it became the highlight of my fucking week. And when it went away, there was mourning and tears. And um, it's been... the, The pandemic was made exponentially more difficult because I don't have access to the volunteer program and all volunteering is canceled. That's not me Pollyanna-ing. That's me saying, don't assume that when you allow joy in, you're going to stop serving people or you're going to stop volunteering. You're going to stop caring. Pleasure activism. Adrienne Marie Brown, buy that book, read the shit out of it. It'll change some things for you. Finally, who taught you To assume that you will access joy, i.e. happiness, only when X happens. Generally, X is going to be one of three things. If you have been raised um, as a female, which most of you have who are listening, X is going to be becoming a millionaire, losing 30 pounds or more, uh, or watching your last kid graduate high school. That's when you'll be happy. That's when you'll access joy. And that denies you the joy of today, the joy of right now, the joy of this moment, the joy of tomorrow, the joy of pulling a tomato from your garden and eating it, the joy of watching the clouds clear and the sun come out, the joys that are simple, the joys that are always accessible in the human body regardless of what else is going on, those are the joys we're trying to restore. And then whatever list you have there, those are the roots of your asshole brain's battle with joy itself. And they probably run pretty deep. We, we have 
enormous structures, societal systems and institutions to indoctrinate us that you will sit still, you will, you will follow the bells, you will follow the structure, you will not deviate, you will not enjoy yourself. That is not part of this. And the truth is, you can go to your job and enjoy it or go to your job and not enjoy it. It's going to be the same job, ultimately. So you might as well enjoy it. You don't have to do anything with this knowledge. I know I made a therapist joke. Um, you can bring this to your therapist if it's a really big, deep issue, right? That's my point there. Um, or you can just let it go. You can just be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore that. That's going to be done now. I'm going to stop canceling my own joy. Thanks. It really can be that simple. Breathwork might be able to help. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so you don't have to do anything with this knowledge except interrupt the pattern. We talked about this last week. That's just catching your brain in the act of trying to cancel joy. And then choose a new mode of being. So again, you don't have to do anything with this knowledge that we've just dredged up except interrupt the pattern, i.e. catch your brain in the act of trying to cancel joy. And you're lucky if you can catch it because it's often so deeply ingrained that it's difficult to spot. That's why we went with those bigger questions. And then you choose a new mode of being new mode of being. Again, laugh with the babies, run with the dogs, soak in the sun, eat some ice cream, lie on the floor, take a nap. Please let those modes of being become routine, become part of your everyday interactions and become part of coming back to the body with joy. Please choose to be here on earth and alive despite everything over and over and over again. Fight for your own soul's aliveness by reclaiming joy, and then fight like hell for the liberation of every last being on earth. We will all be better for it. Because the opposite, where you fight like hell for the liberation of every last being on earth, and then your own soul's aliveness is secondary by reclaiming joy, it doesn't actually work. You, that's when you encounter burnout, misery, martyrdom, um, hopelessness, despair, nihilism. Bad shit happens when you don't fight for your own soul's aliveness by reclaiming joy. So we begin with keep your soul alive and then keep other souls alive. But the the struggles to keep other souls alive and then worry about your soul, you'll never get to your soul because there are billions of people ahead of you in line, right? If we're struggling for the liberation of all the beings on earth, then we have just put billions of people ahead of ourselves. if we don't first fight for our own soul. We get more alive, and then we fight for everyone else's aliveness. That's how it works. At the deepest levels, that's how it is the most meaningful for everyone, and I encourage you to give it a fucking shot. Um... So just two things here. Speaking of liberation, Breathwork for Coping with 2020 is $33. 50% of proceeds are being donated to Black Lives Matter. So if you, A, think 2020 is bullshit, and B, want to show up in your life as a kinder, more alive human instead of a, let's say, a flaming cesspool of unfelt feelings, um, this class is for you. So you can find that at breathehealrepeat.com. Uh, Likewise, if you would like to reclaim joy starting right now, there's a breathwork class called All the Joy. Just go to classes on demand at breathehuerepeat.com. And breathwork is one of the ways that we can reclaim joy. It increases our ability to feel. And if you're like, I don't want to increase my ability to feel, aha, classic. Of course you don't. 
But Brene Brown taught us that we can't selectively numb emotion. So every time that you choose to numb fear, anger, or sadness, you are also at the other end of the emotional spectrum, numbing joy. So when we go in to ourselves and feel those things we'd rather not feel, that sucks, but we come out of it and we reclaim joy on the other side. That's part of why breathwork is so powerful and is so um, innately beneficial. Because one, it's just your breath. Your breath is never going to leave you for the duration of your life. And two, it's going to expand your ability to feel joy in your body. So again, breathe, heal, repeat.com or kristenkelp.com and just click on over um, from breathwork in the menu and make it happen. And then like a tiny note, um, just in case you're like, this is bullshit. I don't know. I think maybe I would like to cancel some joy. What do you know? All those sorts of questions. I answer those internally. Uh, and it felt important to say like this particular piece of work is one result of having spent 18 years battling chronic depression. So if there was a way to make suffering quote unquote productive and to make canceling joy work, uh, and I mean really work, um, I would have found it. I, I promise I would have found it to just, if canceling your joy could somehow save more people or help more people or benefit more people, I would have found it. I spent 18 years wandering around not finding ways that canceling joy benefits me because it doesn't, because it just doesn't. So go and be joyful and kick ass and I will be here and I would love to hear about the ways that you are uncanceling joy, the ways that you are enjoying yourself, your body, your life, your world and your experiences through the lens of not canceling those most basic joyous uh, emotions that live in you and that live in joy. Thank you so very much for listening. Um, And I just want to say that I love you for listening. I know it's no small thing to give me uh, 24 minutes and 58 seconds of your time. Um, I don't take that lightly. And I thank you for listening. May you find each and every one of the places where you've chosen to cancel joy and just uncancel it. Just uncancel, 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 uncancel. No shame, no guilt. No, no mourning what was, no beating yourself up, none of it. Just joy and joy and joy and joy and joy. May you find joy where you least expect it. May you find it in your body, in your daily life, in the people and beings around you. May you find it walking down the street. May you find it as you go to sleep. May you find it a better and better and better experience to be alive, to be in your body, and to be able to experience joy itself. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly 
scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.